Hello there, people who listen to futureprimitive.org. I'm sitting now with Woody Tash, who uh, spoke this morning at the conference. And uh, one of the things I'd like to talk to him about, or to uh, ask him to talk to us about, is the slow money movement. The slow money movement, well, the key word there would be movement, in my opinion, because um, as we've talked to a lot of folks around the United States, we've been impressed by the latent demand, I guess I would call it, of many individual investors to do something different um, that would represent a true alternative to the, whatever you want to call it, craziness, unpredictability, volatility, um, danger. <laughs> Um, that global financial markets now represent. And um, with, with most of the really, what I'm going to use the word smart, there's a value judgment there, but economists and financiers, people who have been around a long time at a senior level, they're all really saying that no one really knows what's going on anymore. Things have become way too complicated, way too volatile. And uh, that's why everyone dumped trillions of dollars on the problem, just to try to make it go away somehow. But most individuals know that it didn't really solve the problems. And, and so the idea of slow money is that at its root, if I can say that, very simple. It's just let's take some of our money and invest it directly in local food systems because it's where we live, it's things that we understand. We know there's an innate value to increasing the production of, of healthy organic food locally. It creates jobs, it improves nutrition for kids, it does all these different things. But all of the thousands of small enterprises that are doing it are not good candidates for philanthropy or capital as our markets are currently set up. So that all kind of does add up to a movement. I see. Um, I would like to ask you, last week, uh, two weeks ago, from 10 days ago, you did, a, uh, you did your kickoff event mm -hmm. in Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, would you please talk to us about that? Sure, thanks for asking about it. It was really, um, I think the word heartening would be an understatement, but it was, um, we, we've, been, we've been doing workshops around the country this year to basically talk to people in, in dozens of communities um, about how they understood the need to invest for local, the health of local food systems over the next generation, and we were learning a lot from all those interactions. And we're, the meeting in Santa Fe was meant to just be another one of these regional meetings. We decided to make it national, meaning there was enough energy. We decided let's have one where we just invite people from different regions mm -hmm. to come together. And it ended up that 450 people came from 34 states and six countries. And we, we had about a 100-day planning window for this thing. So it was a phenomenal response. And that energy um, was manifest in the room. And um, I guess it sounds like bragging to say that, but people could look on our website and get a little bit of an idea of what happened there. We obviously can only capture certain snippets of it, but we had senior USDA people there. We had senior NGO people from around the country, farm leading farmers, uh, donors, investors, and uh, many small food entrepreneurs, many farmers and small food business people. And um, it gives us real hope for the future. Say your website, Woody. It's slowmoneyalliance.org. And the Slow Money Alliance being, we now have, oh, we're probably up to about 750 members. We have about 2,000 people who have signed the Slow Money Principles, which is something that's really important that anybody listening to this who's intrigued at all, please Google Slow Money Principles, look at them. They're very straightforward, and our first goal is to get a million Americans to sign these principles. And that's if, if no one wants to do it, if you can't do anything else, and you can't be involved as a member, and you can't start investing tomorrow, or any of these other things. 
signing the slow money principles is a way to help us build our constituency as we talk to major funders and government entities of, at all levels. Um, this is a really, really important thing, so um, I would urge people to please not just go to the website, but to look for the slow money principles and sign them. If you had to um, say to us quite quickly what those principles are. Well, um, there's, there's only six of them. Oh, uh, great. It's not rocket science. The first okay. one is we must bring money back down to earth. That's, you know, it's not rocket science. Right. Um, the last one, I'll just jump from the first one. The last one quotes Paul Newman, who said, uh, in life we all need to be a little bit more like the farmer who puts back into the soil what he takes out. And then, and then it says, recognizing the wisdom of these words, let's ask the following questions. What would the world be like if we invested 50% of our assets within 50 miles of where we live? What would the world be like if, if there were a new generation of companies that gave away 50% of their profits? I think most people know that Newman's own gives away 100%. Mm -hmm. um, and what would the world be like if we had 50% more organic matter in our soil 50 years from now? But the principles are just a short, very humanistic, somewhat activist in, in state, statement of, let's say, guiding principles that um, will get us all, all investors, we're not talking about just centimillionaires and, and millionaires, we're talking about, you know, there are many, many tens of millions of individual uh, small investors in the United States who know that things are broken and we need to start facing in a new direction. And the principles are just a way to start the process, to start our thought process moving in a new direction. I am very confident that once our thoughts start moving in a new direction, the actions will follow. So you have great, uh, great positive hope for the future of money. Uh, I have, um, I don't know how to answer that. I have an appropriately blended, integrated, you know, mix of despair and hope. Um, I think anybody who's just hopeful is not maybe recognizing the severity of the problem. And, and we have this debate all the time at workshops. People say, are you, you're being too pessimistic or you're being too optimistic or whatever it is. And, you know, on the, on the, some people say, you'll never get investors to do this. You're being wildly optimistic. How can you think you're going to change investor mentality? So the, you know, pessimism, optimism, hope, and despair, they're kind of hard to, to know how to respond to. I would say um, I consider the odds long. I think we're way behind the eight ball. We're decades too late at doing all the things we're starting to do, but you just, there's no way to know. You know. Nature is extremely resilient, and once we start moving in the right direction, you can't know for sure that things won't move in a very beautiful way, in a much deeper way than we, than we know. So it's a, it's, it's a blended value proposition, I guess I'd say. Thank you very much, Woody Tash. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks.